Thank you, Bailey. I think Bailey and Sandra put us in perspective of the camp when we are interested in the slides or interested in the food. They say that the, the highlight was actually the testimony, the feeding of God's words. I think, I think they have done well. They have done well. And we look with much hope that our next generation will have that kind of hunger and that kind of perspective. What is the most important thing in their life? Thank you, both of you. Now, uh, let me proclaim Christ has risen. And He is coming again. Praise the Lord. Now, there's no religion, no other belief system which have this. All their leaders are dead in the grave. They may give you an excuse, yeah, they're dead in the grave, but they're alive in the spirit. But only in Christianity, in Christ, in the Bible, we have Christ appearing alive, alive, physically alive before he's taken up. Praise the Lord. Christ indeed has risen and he's coming again. Now, we may be wondering why, why we're still continue, continuing on with Isaiah in this day, uh, being Easter. Easter. Shouldn't we just take an Easter verse and have a break from Isaiah and, and uh, what do you call, remember Easter. But let me remind you, when Luke wrote the account of Easter, the Emmaus wrote, when Christ had to open the eyes of the two believers who was dismayed, lost, confused of the issues, the things that happened at the cross, what did Christ do? He opened the book of Moses and the prophet. So we are doing what Christ is doing. What Christ done on the day, on the few days after he resurrected. Now there, there is a few movie which actually is, uh, uh, shows the the culture, the interest of the day. And one of the movies uh, I think the younger people, the younger generation, was have seen recently is Tannic. The pronounced correct Tannic. Yeah, it's a confusing show. People are moving forward and back in time. Cars are moving backward. A lot of confusion. Then there's another show called uh, Inception. Again, this movie of moving forward and backward in time. And there's one more called The Adjustment Bureau, whereby people go back in time to adjust things so that the future will be better. This is a certain interest there. Now, uh, okay. Maybe... Alright. Ready? Alright. Now, everything happened for a reason. Is there a reason for everything that happened in our life? Sometimes we have that question popping up in our ears when we see things happening in our life. And this actually is the subset of the existential question of is there meaning to life? Does life have meaning? And to our Christian 
fundamental belief is yes, life has a meaning. Life has a meaning. So how do we test this? That things happen to life, to us now, have meaning, have reason. Can I suggest three tests? Oh, I do. Alright, thanks there. Three tests. Now, in this test, there must be, to me, a prime mover. A prime mover with an agenda. A prime mover with an agenda. The next thing it must, it must have a predictive script. A written, a predictive script. And the third is, there must be a proven track record that this script is running. This script is running. So to test that there is this kind of narrative in our life, that life has meaning, that things are heading one way, we must have these three. Maybe it's a little bit confused with these three things, these three questions. Let me go to the next slide. Ah, let me take you to Maryboro. Now, this is the Maryboro racetrack. Now, it is, may not be actually the, the thing to talk about, uh, about on Sunday, racetrack. But in Victoria, we, have, we are perhaps the only place in the world where we have a holiday for horse racing. Now, maybe I'm wrong. But this is the Maryboro racetrack. Now, suppose I went there once to, to see the race. Suppose that when I was there with a friend, the friend would point out to me and say, you see that, that gentleman over there sitting there and with a, a few bodyguards surrounding him? And he tell me that that gentleman just told me how the races will be won. Normally, there are about 10 or 15 races, I'm not sure, each after the other. And he told, him, to, told me that the races will be won according to the alphabetical order of the name of the horses. And that is the tip of the day. So, so let's see. So, as the race started, the first race was won by amazing racer. Then your eye pop out. Yeah. The second race was run by best of the lot. And the third race came with a name called criminal intent. <laughs> then you start to say, well, something is happening here. Something is happening here. What is the conclusion? The race is rigged. The man over there is the prime mover of the jockey and the horse. It's the prime mover. It's not by chance. It's a prime mover. So this is what I define as a prime mover. The predictive script is what he say. The name, the race will be won in this order. And the track record is we see it happening. We see it happening. So this to me is what I call the prime mover the predictive script and the track record. Now, coming to Isaiah chapter 10. In Isaiah chapter 10, verse 5 to 34, as what Bailey have read, we have what is called a prophecy. There is the prophecy of an Assyrian invasion. 
the Assyrian invasion all the way down. There is also the prophecy of Assyrians' doom. Assyrians' doom. And that's the prophecy of that a remnant out of this, this commotion, a remnant will remain. A remnant will remain. So there's three prophecies there in from verse 5 to 34. Verse 5 to 34. Uh, next, please. You should get a wireless one rather than. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. So, a prime mover with an agenda. A prime mover with an agenda. Now, here we say Isaiah was not just having a crystal ball and he can look through the crystal ball of what's going to happen. In Isaiah chapter 10, verse 5 to, 34, uh, 5 to 34, he said, God will send. God will do this. God say, I will send. Then I will again now judge Assyria. Then I will keep a remnant. It says very clearly that God is the prime mover. So, in this part, we see God. Not chances, but God is the prime mover of history. Next, a predictive script. That means something is written down. When Isaiah actually told them of this, it haven't happened yet. It haven't happened yet. So this is what is going to happen. He's telling the people, now this is what's going to be hap- happening soon. Alright? Soon. It's a predictive script. He was not just looking backward and say, yeah, that has happened and this is what it means. He was saying it before it was happening. So this is taking what we call a prophetic risk. A prophetic risk, if he got it wrong, he'll be burned at the stake. He will lose all credibility, a predictive script. So what did Isaiah prophesy? He Isaiah again repeat, Assyrian's invasion, the Assyrian's doom, and finally, a remnant will survive. Alright. Uh, going backward a little bit. The Assyrian's... Uh, uh, so, we will actually now go and see what he predicts, does it, do it actually happen? Do it actually happen? The Assyrian's invasion. The first part is the Assyrian invasion. Well, it may not be too big a deal, that prediction. At that time, Assyrian up way up in north were already doing some rattling. You know, they were gearing up. They were having a big armory. They were having a big armory. They were already bullying the neighboring uh, uh, boundaries. They were even staying up. That's what they're going to do. So, to, to the people down, it is, it's not too big a deal that, that, uh, that Assyria will come down. It's not too big a deal looking at the relative forces of Assyria being such a mighty uh, a war, warrior kind of nation with, with strong army, well-trained. Everybody will run, run over. So in a sense, this, 
this, this is not really too big a deal for the ordinary people. Not too big a deal for ordinary people. But, so what happened? What happened? Although this is not too big a deal, what happened? Now this is the map. We have seen this. We, we get, we are going to get very familiar with this map because we are still going on Isaiah. Now Assyria is up, up north there. Now Assyria... It's interesting when you uh, read the book of Jonah. Jonah actually went to Assyria. And he stopped Assyria from going to war for a generation. A generation. Okay, let's not, we are not talking about Jonah here. Alright, next please. Just click. And what happened is Assyria swept down. Not just a line. He swept down and conquered every single Every single nation, it was rolled over, rolled over because they are so strong and so mighty. They are kings. They roll over. So that was what happened. Next. Okay, the first part was maybe easy prediction. It was yeah, brain dead. But the second part, a serious doom. You're talking of Assyria being such a mighty nation which can conquer, and suddenly, here in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 5 to 34, God said, I will destroy Assyria. I will destroy Assyria. And that is not, not, not likely to happen to the people at the time. Not likely to happen. Not likely to happen. So this is a really risky prediction. Let me tell you a little bit of Assyria. Assyria is not a, a tribe which is warring tribe, which is no civilization. In fact, at that time, Assyria have 2,500 years of civilization. A long history. Even before Abraham came out from Ur, Assyria was actually dominant civilization. In fact, where Abraham came from was influenced by the Assyrian civilization. And when we unearth the place of Assyria, so look here, you know, when we talk about the Bible, we are talking about history, real history, things you can dig up and see, stones and all that kind of thing. So when, when we talk about Christianity, we are talking of real history. So Assyria is a great nation. You look at the relief. Beautiful. 2,000 years of history. And this is... Still remain. Some of these uh, uh, places, of course, they, they, they sort of rebuilt some part of it, but you can actually see these this, uh, archaeological artifact in Assyria. Not, not Assyria, around that area now. Next, please. And if this is the reenactment because they have relief and they have some painting and all that, so they redraw what grandiose place they are having. They are really living in comfort. They built canals to irrigate their land. Rich nation, rich civilization is a really mighty nation for two thousand five hundred years. Next, and somebody depicted that. This was probably from the relics and all that. This was probably how Assyria looked like. Really sophisticated 
really sophisticated nation, really sophisticated nation. And when Isaiah prophesied this, he was around 700 BC, right? And within 100 years, at 600 BC, Assyria was stopped. The civilization of Assyria was no more. No more. Gone. You're talking about things like, you know, we have such a country like China at the moment, which have thousands of years, and you're talking that within 50 years, China will be no more, things like that. So at that time, these people looking at Assyria, the, the Jewish people say, are you really serious? That God will actually stop Assyria and really remove them from the earth? And he did that. So this was a very, very difficult thing to predict. This was not really obvious, but God did that. God did that. Next, please. But out of this, and the third prophecy is that a remnant will survive. A remnant will survive. Next. Now, this is the blowout. What happened is, Sennacherib, the Assyrian king, came down from north, and he's the red line is his attack. Another click, please. He come down and one more. Thank you. And he came and he conquered every places, even Judah. The, 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 the kingdom of Judah was attacked. The last place he, he, he wanted to go was Jerusalem to actually capture Jerusalem, to destroy Jerusalem. And before that, he actually had destroyed a big, big city of Judah, Lachish. And we still have the relief of Lachish there. It was a terrible battle. Judah, the people of Israel, was really defeated. And only left Jerusalem. And the final victory, he wanted to actually squash everything, was to take Jerusalem. But he never was able to do it. He was never able to do it. If you read in 2 Kings 18 to 19, what happened is that was during the rule of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was trembling. Hezekiah is the good king, but he saw all the, the city of Judah falling too. But Isaiah says, Sennacherib will not take Jerusalem. Sennacherib will not take Jerusalem. And he could not. What happened is that as Sennacherib's army was actually encamped, ready to take Jerusalem, in just one night, in just one night, the angels of death visited the camp of Sennacherib and killed 185,000 of his men. And what happened to Sennacherib? With tail between his legs, he went back. He rolled up camp, he went back. And there he was killed by his two sons. He was assassinated by his two sons while he was in the temple with his God. Now, this is the Bible's account. Next, please. While I was working in the University of London, next to the building was the British Museum. And in the British Museum, we have, there's a lot of 
Assyrian artifact. Because Assyrian, I told you, is a great civilization. So the, the British went there, they dig, 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 and they take them home. There's a lot of them there, a lot of such things. You know. But good for it because it appears easier for us to manage uh, to, to, to go and have a look. There's this called the, the Sinecrete prison. What happened is the Assyrian civilization are very good in keeping track, keeping record, writing history. And in this prison, it wrote about Sinecrete's campaign, who he defeated and what happened and all that. So it was written. He, after the, the, the battle of Lachish, it was said that, Sennacherib said that, I trapped Hezekiah like a bird in a cage. And that's enough for me. I'm going home. So the fact is that he admitted that he never taken Jerusalem. But his reason was different. I was just bored. I go home. Can you imagine that? There is another person watching at the sideline. The Egyptian nation. And what did the Egyptian nation, their scribe say? In that campaign, he said that Sinecris man was ready to take over Jerusalem. And out of the sudden, out of the field, the mouse, rats, came up and attacked them. And they ran home. So we have two other accounts <coughs> saying why Jerusalem cannot be taken. But which one you will actually believe? I think the most credible is actually the 185,000 and one girl. God just swept it. Because God wants to maintain. A remnant will be saved. Jeru the, the, the whole nation will never be wiped out will never be wiped out. So you see, next please, we have, in this short story in Isaiah chapter 10, five, uh, prophecy of 5 to 34, all this, Assyrian invasion, Assyrian doom, and a remnant will survive, all this took place. All this took place and can be attested to take place. Okay, when you go to the universities and all that kind of thing, and you have people saying your Bible is actually just fairy tale, no, tell them no. We are a historical document attested with archaeological finding, a finding, and the prophecies were are attested, are attested. Next, please. So, everything happened for a reason. I believe they are. There's meaning to life. Next, please. Thank you. It is... Click this. God's reason. It's God's reason. We have God's narrative written. And we have to fall into the place of God's narrative. We are in that picture. We are in that picture. Next, please. So everything has a reason. A prime, mover, a prime mover with an agenda is God. A prime mover with an agenda is God. Because there is a prime mover, things will happen because He's going to make it happen. The predictive script is the Bible. It's the Bible. 
Now the Bible is the only script books of any kind which actually have so many prophecies. If you go and read other books, they don't have as many prophecies as what the Bible has in detail. The predictive script, the Bible. And I want to move to the proven track record, which is a bigger one. It's the cross. Today, we are celebrating Easter. And just a few days ago, Good Friday. And we know that the coming of Jesus Christ was predicted specifically more than 350 times in the Bible. But if you read the Bible with a clear, uh, in the, the, the sense that it, the whole Bible in the Old Testament was moving, moving to this, this time, the cross of Christ. Even from the beginning, when man fall, what did God say? The seed of the woman will bruise it. It was all over the Bible. Christ as long was as it coming to a head, the history comes to a head and it actually met at the cross and at the empty tomb. At the empty tomb. So, uh, among all the other prophecies and all that kind of thing, we are actually heading to one thing. That cross. That cross. Next, please. Uh, before that, yeah. And this is, this is the climate of it all. This is the climate of all. So we have within the Bible this. I like the way G.K. Chesterton uh, put it about this narrative. You know, when you read a book, uh, Shakespeare, for example, Merchant of Venice, or one of those books, and the play is there, the Merchant of Venice play there. And then Shakespeare appears in the play. Not as an actor, but as Shakespeare himself. I just wonder you can just catch it. Shakespeare, the writer, appears in his play, The Merchant of Venice, as Shakespeare himself, who actually write the script. That's what happened at the cross. God came down. He wrote the script. He came down to participate within our history. And we have the empty tomb. We have the empty tomb. So, this is God's narrative. And is that all? Next, please. What's next? What's next? Now, to get what's next, you have to actually come to the rest of our Isaiah C series because that will be coming out. What's next? All right. So I won't. I won't let. I. I. I think we did have a really good session. You know, Ralph, uh, Andy last week did fantastic job, and Lee and all that. And we. We. We have a few. Uh, David will be speaking to us two weeks time. So we. We really like that the multi. Uh, the, 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 the. The. Their. Their heart coming to it. Their preparation. They come to it because Isaiah is a beautiful book. It's a beautiful book. So, what's next? Come next week and follow up the following week. So, shall we pray? Our Father God, indeed, it is really such a joy, dear Lord God, to listen to, 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 to your word, dear Lord God. How, dear Lord God, your word is not just 
uh, writings uh, of some inspiration, but actual historical record, actually revealing your heart, actually revealing what you're going to do, actually revealing what we can put ourselves within your plan. We thank you for that, dear Lord God. We thank you as I look around here. All of us, I believe, have the privilege of putting ourselves on the positive side of your plan. We thank you that this be able by Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us. I thank you for that, dear Lord God. And we pray for our family, dear Lord God. Those who do not know you yet, especially we want them, dear Lord God, to, 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 to have this this reality in their life and not be swept by other things, dear Lord God, in life. We want to be the remnant which is saved by you. We want our family to be the remnant saved by you and not that they will face the Assyrians' destruction because that destruction will be for eternity. Oh Lord, hear our prayer, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you.